Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise for that. How many of you believe that in spite of everything going on today, His truth is marching on? Amen. Amen. It's easy to lose sight of that when we look at everything that is going on in this nation right now. But Jesus never said that this was going to be easy. He never said that everything was going to lay out the way we wanted it to. But in the end, His truth would prevail over it all. In Jesus' mighty name, we give Him praise today. Before you're seated, would you turn to your neighbor and tell him that you love him in Jesus' name? Amen. You know, if you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like you very quickly to turn with me to the book of Acts, but to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Many of you know that over the last couple of weeks we have been in a series that we have simply entitled The Prevailing Wind, talking about the Holy Spirit and His work within cities and states and regions and even nations. Uh, And I was all ready to go. I, I had the third message in that series all set and was really excited about it, even got up this morning and went over my notes as I typically do, and I just was ready to go. And at 7 o'clock, I just sat down, and I just was trying to meditate and prepare my heart for this morning. And I I just said, you know, Lord, before I share uh, the message that you put on my heart, I I would just like to say something to encourage soldiers with. What could I say to those who are actively uh, in the military and those who are veterans, those who are, uh, you know, out of military service right now? And, and sometimes that's hard. Even though the military is all through the Scriptures, it sometimes is hard to really isolate a portion of Scripture that would encourage those who have been uh, soldiers. And, uh, and the Lord just brought to my heart Acts chapter 10. And as I read these verses, my heart was, was just taken up in them. And, and I don't do this very often. But what is ironic is that right before I went to bed last night, I was reading just a, a, an old reformer. I've mentioned him in the past, Charles Finney. Back in the 1700s, I'm I'm reading something that he wrote about just being sensitive to the Lord. And and it's better to say just a few words that God has laid on your heart than to spend hours speaking of things that maybe God is not saying. And what's funny is that as I was reading these words this morning at 7 o'clock, I just felt like the Lord say, scrap everything that you're going to say today. Do it next week. And just share a few thoughts from this portion of scripture. And so, literally, I came into the office five minutes before the first service and jotted down these notes that I just want to share with you very quickly. I have not rehearsed them. So if I'm not polished like I typically am and enjoy to be, I, I want to be clear in what I'm going to say every Sunday. But I would rather share with you some very simple thoughts today that might be of great encouragement to you and know that I was sharing his heart than to stand up here with a message that I am not too sure God wants me to share yet. Now you want to come next week because it is a good word, but I just don't think it's what God wants to say today. 
This is just a very simple message. It's not going to wow you. It's not going to profound you. But I just pray that it would speak to your heart. And especially to those who are in the military, I pray that you would listen to these words today. They come from Acts chapter 10 and verse number 1. Listen to this. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. He was a centurion, a soldier, Of what was called the Italian Regiment. He was a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. Who gave alms generously to the people. And this would be an offering to the poor actually. And he prayed to God, listen to that, always. And about the ninth hour, that's three o'clock in the afternoon, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and he said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, listen, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. When I read that, this morning, it just shot right through my spirit because I never have considered this in all the years that I have been reading the Bible. This was the first memorial day. And it was the day that God remembered a soldier. Cornelius was a centurion in the Roman army. He was an Italian man And he was a hardened soldier, however, he was a devout man of God. Was not a Christian yet, had probably been heavily influenced by the Jewish synagogue and had come to believe that the God of the Jews was the only God and to what he had been given, he was obedient to it. He was a devout follower of God, he heard the cry of the poor and ministered to them. He led his household appropriately. He prayed always. And God heard his prayers this day. And God honored this man. It was the first memorial day. God remembered a soldier. Bear with me for a minute. I want to share just a quick story with you. And there's a purpose behind it. But I don't know how many of you are like me. But... In the fall, I always put my summer clothes away and bring out my winter clothes. And then I do the same thing in the spring. I put away my winter clothes and I bring out my summer clothes. And I've been doing this for a few years. And, and as I am the other day just going through some of my summer stuff, I realize that I, I need some new things. Um, now, I was a shopper most of my life. I know I'm one of those rare guys that enjoy shopping, but I, I really did. But about 10 years ago or so, I just lost all interest in it. Every once in a while, if I'm out and I see something that I like, I'll buy it. But I'm not one to just go out and buy all the time. I just have given up on that. But as I'm going through my summer clothes the other day, I realize that some of them are very old. Some of them are war. Some of them are just very dated. And they're the, the clothes that if my kids see me wearing it, they're just not going to want to be with me. They'll disown me. So I just realized, you know, there's some of these clothes I just got to get rid of. And so I did. And Friday night... Kathy, Amanda, and I went out for dinner, and then afterwards, we actually went to the Morristown Mall. We didn't even go here. We went up to Morristown, 
And they were having some nice Memorial Day sales, and, and I tried a few things on, and I actually liked, there were several shirts that I really enjoyed. So I got them, I brought them home, and then yesterday, when I was getting ready to put them away, I realized that I had picked up all the wrong sizes. Now, just so that you'll understand, what I always do, and I don't know how many of you are like this, but when I'm trying on some clothes, I always take two of everything that I like. Because depending on the cut, I may have to wear one size, and then I may have to choose a different size. So I can fluctuate depending on the style and the cut and everything else. So what I do is when I'm changing things um, and trying them on, I will make one pile of the things that I'm going to put away, and I'll make another pile of the things that I am going to keep. And evidently, I picked up the wrong pile, got home, and realized that I had gotten all the wrong sizes. And I looked at it, my schedule, and I just realized, you know what, I am not going to have enough time to go and return these things, and as reluctant as I am to do it, I've got to do it on Saturday afternoon. And I say reluctantly because, for me, Saturdays are very sacred. And I mean that seriously. I, I spend the better part of the morning and the early part of the afternoon getting ready for this morning. And I just really pray over the message and get these things ready. And I really don't like to do anything else on Saturday because I don't want to cloud my mind with a lot of other things. But I just knew that if I did not go and exchange these things, I wasn't going to do it anytime soon. So reluctantly, I drove back up to Morristown. And when I get to the mall, I'm just zoned in. I want to get in and get out as fast as I can and get back home. And so I was walking through the mall And again, so focused that I was kind of oblivious to everything. But I noticed that off on my right side, there was a rather tall young man. And when I say young, he was probably 25, 26, maybe, maybe in his very, very early 30s, though I highly doubt it. And again, I wouldn't have noticed him except all of a sudden he just darted behind me and he went over to an elderly couple that are moving the other direction. And I didn't even think. He just extended his hand out to them to shake it. And it was then that I noticed he had a military hat on. I can't remember which war he was a veteran of. It was either Korea or Vietnam. I can't remember. But the the young man just extended his hand and he shook his hand and he said, Sir, thank you for all that you've done for our country. Now, I'm telling you, I just had a moment right there in the mall, and I just was really moved by that. And I was moved first because I was upset that I didn't do it, because I do typically do that. If I see men with a military hat on, I, if it's in a restaurant, if it's out in a mall, if it's at a store, wherever I am, I typically will go over to them and say, thank you for all that you've done. Because I think that's the least that I could do for all that they have done for me and for this country. Amen? So I just, I, I was mad at myself that I missed that opportunity. But at the same time, I was so moved that this young man had enough thankfulness within his heart that he went over and greeted this couple. 
And it was just, it was just a, an encouragement to me that this generation is not all gone. <laughs> they're, they're not all lost. That there are some that are still thankful for the blood, sweat, and tears that were shed for the freedom that we enjoy today. In Jesus' name. How many of you are glad that there's still some young people that have that understanding within their heart? And so I just, I just was so encouraged by that. And, and, and you know, that is the least that we can do this weekend. When you see someone that has served this country, whether you agree with everything about, you know, war and battle and military and, 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 you know, violence, understand that the blanket of freedom that we are under today as a nation, we're not talking about spiritual freedom, but the natural freedom that we have is the grace of God provided through men and women who gave their life or a part of their life for it in Jesus' mighty name. And we need to be thanking them for it. It's, it's so easy to take that for granted. It really is. And never stop and consider the sacrifices that they've made. You know, we have a couple of men in our church, and I'm going to leave them nameless for their sake, but have fought in very historic battles. If I were to mention the battles, you would know them. I mean, even if you don't keep up on United States history, if you've at least paid attention in school, you will know these battles. Very famous battles within several wars these men have fought in. And I have, at times, really sat down with one in particular. And I've really talked to him and tried to get some of the information from them. And it's not just out of curiosity's sake, because there is a lot of me that is curious about that. I love European history. I love World War II, World War I. I love history, and I love hearing the stories about that. But my desire in wanting to hear some of their stories has absolutely nothing to do with just satisfying a curiosity within me. It's just that we are raising a generation that is so far removed from what they've done for us that they have no appreciation for it any longer. And I would love to be able to sit with some of these guys and, and videotape them telling their story so that we would have some way to remember these things by because that greatest generation is dying off rapidly. And I just would like to hear their stories. But I'm going to tell you one day when I was sitting down there and I was pressing this one veteran a little hard, and I know him, and I was pressing he said something, and from that day forward, I just said, you know what, I am going to respect him and never ask him it again. Because I'd never heard what he said from anyone. I said, you know, I just want to hear your story. So many people need to hear. You are a hero. And he said, Pastor, I am not a hero. Because all I ever did was take the life of some mother's son. What is heroic about that? I don't care if I ever remember what happened to me. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in the war movies, and there's some great ones out there, really, that tell a good story, and we get so caught up, and, and, and students, listen, I'm coming right at you. We get caught up in the video games, 
And we think that that's all that there is. And we never consider the psychological terror that these individuals live with. Because as valiant as their service was, they were doing things that God never intended them to have to do. And only God knows the psychological impact that that has upon them. And we need to consider that. He said, Pastor, you want me to remember I'm doing everything I can to forget about it. It was tough. Folks, listen, they saw things that God never created them to see. They did things that God never created them to do. They heard things that God never created them to hear and do. God, they were doing things that, that they were never intended or created to do and they were forced into that and only God knows the impact that that had upon their heart and upon their life. I said this in the first service and I, I should have checked first and I did after the first service and he said it was fine and so I'm going to proceed ahead with it. But several years ago now, I had the privilege and I do consider it a privilege to do the funeral of Jay Royce. You know, Jay is one of our worship leaders here and uh, Karen Bell, some of you know Karen. Uh, she used to be our secretary here. I did the funeral for their father, and their father was a World War II vet. And his story is very unique in that he saw the draft coming. And like many people, to avoid being drafted, he decided that he was going to enlist so that he could have at least some control over what he was going to be doing. I mean, anybody would have done that. And so he enlisted as a teenager in the Coast Guard because he felt like that was a way of serving his country and yet not necessarily put himself in harm's way. And no one would fault him for that. What he didn't know, what he couldn't have known, is that after the invasion of Normandy, the Coast Guard was actually enlisted, his division, to go and clean up the mess. Can you imagine a, teen, a teenage boy having to go on the beaches of Normandy and clean up human remains and the things that he saw? Sadly, that man went on to live a really hard life. A hard life. And we believe that he came to Christ later in life, but his life was hard. And sometimes we want to get very judgmental. But you know what? That was one funeral that I did where I felt the presence of the Lord come upon me. And I started to say things that I had not prepared, that I hadn't even considered. And I remember just vividly, I, I don't remember everything that I said, but I do remember saying something to the effect that I am glad I am not God who has to look into the heart and see what each one of these men had to go through because that man as a teenager had to see things his eyes were never created to see. He had to deal with things he was never created to deal with and only God, only God 
can sift through all of that and understand how to judge the heart of man properly. It's so easy for you and I to just look at everyone's life through our experiences and say, I can't understand why they can't get their act together. And only God knows their heart in Jesus' name. And I say that with, with the, the deepest concern for everyone, but especially our soldiers, because only God knows the sacrifices that they have made, not just time, but even the psychological sacrifices that they've made. The, the, the years that they have sacrificed so that you and I could come into this church on Sunday morning and celebrate the faithfulness of God Almighty with no fear right now of the government getting involved in it. In Jesus' name. So I'm going to tell you, the least that we can do is come alongside them and say, thank you for all that you have done in Jesus' name. Can you do that this weekend? You know, we were talking about it in the first service and then and even afterwards, I was talking to a couple of uh, soldiers and we were, you know, we were really discussing uh, some of these things. The church can somewhat be divided about this issue not everyone is, is of the same mindset when it comes to the church because there are some Christians that just say God has nothing to do with the military, that he is against bearing arms, that he is against violence. They just really draw that hard line. And then there's others that are probably like me that are a little bit more sympathetic to it. Thankfully, I'm just wise enough at this point, and i got a long way to go, but I'm wise enough not to get into that fray. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that debate of the ethics and the morality of this. I'm really not. I know that an argument can be made on both sides of the issue, but here is just something that I would consider. I mean, it is hard to know exactly what God thinks about the military and what God thinks about you know, wars and battles and things. But all I know is that Europe and maybe the whole world would look a lot different if the Allies had not invaded Normandy. How many of you think that Israel is glad after six million Jews were exterminated that they were glad that somebody came to their rescue one day? I don't know. You know, It's hard. What would the United States of America look like today? If some brave men took up arms and fought against slavery. So I'm not making a case for it. I'm just saying, don't, don't just lump everything into one category. But I'm not going to get into a debate. The only thing that I know scripturally is what I just read today. That when God was ready to pour out His Spirit upon the Gentiles, He started in the house of a soldier. Did you ever think about that? Because at this point, the Holy Spirit has not been poured out on anyone. The Holy Spirit hasn't come to anyone at this point. The Gentiles. And when God is ready to pour out His Spirit upon the Gentiles and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, He starts with a soldier. I love that. A soldier of the Lord.
Now that's not an endorsement for warfare, I realize. But at the very least, what it is, is a reminder to us that being a soldier is not an obstacle to God. That God overlooked the fact that this was an enlisted man and came to his house and said, Cornelius, I'm going to start the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the Gentiles in your home and in your family. In Jesus' name. And that just is such a, a great encouragement to my heart and to my life. And, and again, you know, I, I want you as soldiers, and this is all that I came in to say, you know, because as I just sat there at 7 o'clock and I'm just reading this story, I didn't have anything deep, I didn't have anything profound, I just felt like I needed to say to the soldiers and to your families today, God knows exactly where you are, and He not only cares about you, but he cares about your family as well. He is mindful of your sacrifice and he will visit you for the glory and the honor of his great name. And I want you to be encouraged with that today. Yeah, give, give the Lord praise for that. But here, but, but here is just something I'd like you to consider with that. Is that God did not remember this soldier for what he had done for Rome and for the empire. He was remembered for what he did for God. God never raises his faithfulness as a soldier. Rather, he raises up his faithfulness to God. He says the reason that God is coming to you is because you're a devout man, because you give money to the poor, because you pray always, because you fear God reverently. In other words, it's not because you are a soldier that I'm coming to you. It is because you are a servant of the Most High God. And soldiers, I want you to hear me today. That God is going to come to you not because you are a good soldier. And not because of the service that you have given to this country. Though we have seen that. God comes to you because you're a faithful man of God. A faithful woman of God. And so above the stripes that you wear proudly, please remember that what God honors is not what you do for your country, it is for what you do for Him. In Jesus' name, that avails much. Bless the Lord. Now some of you say, well, Pastor Kirk, that's great, but I'm not a soldier. Neither am I. But there is something for us to learn from this as well. And I'm going to close out with this couple of thoughts here. For all the rest of us, what we can be encouraged with, with this story of the soldier, is that nothing that we do for the Lord is done in vain. Nothing that we do for the Lord is done in vain. And that's what I learned from this soldier. Because the Bible doesn't say how long he had been a devout follower of the Lord. But it gives us the idea that it had been a while. The Bible doesn't say how long he had feared the Lord. But again, it was for a while. The Bible doesn't say how long he had been giving to the poor. But again, it suggests that it has been a while. It doesn't say how long he has been praying without ceasing. But again, it was for a while. And he didn't feel like God owed him anything. He just kept praying because he believed that God answered prayer. He just kept serving the Lord because he believed that God answered those who serve him. And one day when God was ready, he came to him. Because God never 
forsakes those who are righteous before him. And I want us all to be encouraged in this story that nothing we do for the Lord is done in vain. And there are some of us that we think that we've been so faithful to God. And again, this is not about earning your salvation. This is not about doing works to get God's attention. But the Bible does say that God renders to each one according to their works. And so God rewards faithfulness. And before I came in here this morning, I just felt like the Lord saying that there are people here today who are growing weary because you have prayed diligently for your marriage, you have prayed diligently for your children, you have prayed diligently for a situation in your family or a situation that is going on in your, your workplace and you have done everything that God requires of you and you're just getting weary because it seems that after all of these years of prayer, nothing is happening. But can I tell you, God's keeping record. And when God is ready... And I don't know when that's going to be, but when God is ready, he will answer by and by. Because whatever a man sows, that is what he is going to reap. You know, I want you to just see that. And if you want to turn to it, you can. If you want to just listen, that's fine too. But it's Galatians chapter 6, and it begins with verse 7. Here it is. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that is he will also reap. Now, a lot of times we hear that verse and we immediately think of it as judgment. That is not judgment. That is a principle of God. That is the law of harvest. That whatever you sow, that is what you are going to reap. That is just a law. And what Paul says here is don't be deceived. This is the way it works. Whatever you sow, that is what you are going to reap. And then he goes into this and says... For he who sows to his flesh, or he who sows to his own desires, who seeks to satisfy his own wants, whoever sows to his flesh will of his flesh just reap corruption. (laughs) But he who sows to the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, will of the Spirit of the Lord reap everlasting life. He says this is the law of harvest. If you live for yourself, you're going to die. But if you live for the glory of the Lord, you will reap everlasting life. And then he goes on, So let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I love how he starts there by saying, Do not be deceived. The deception of the law of harvest is that you're not instantly rewarded and you're not instantly judged the moment you do something. You see, the the wicked think that because they're not being judged immediately, that they're getting away with it, or that it's not a big deal to God. And so they keep living for themselves, not recognizing that no one gets a harvest immediately after you plant. It takes time, right? You all know that you don't plant a seed and get a harvest the next day. It takes time. And the wicked deceive themselves because they think, hey, I got away with this. I guess it's no big deal to God. God says, no, don't, don't. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And it may take a week. It may take a month. It may take a year. It may take a decade. But whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. But on the other side, the deception is this. That we keep doing the right thing. And because we're not immediately rewarded, we think God has failed. 
Folks, God never fails. And just because you didn't get the answer today, and you don't get it tomorrow, and it doesn't come in five years, and it doesn't come in ten years, doesn't matter. Some things take longer than others, but the one thing he says is, don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. You will reap if you faint not. Because it's the law of harvest. Whatever a man sows, that is what he is going to reap. And that's all I've come to tell you today. I've come to tell you as a congregation that nothing you do for the Lord is ever done in vain. God is keeping record. And don't grow weary while you wait. Because if you faint not, you will reap in Jesus' mighty name. But then also to just speak to all of our soldiers and their families today, God knows where you are. Don't ever, ever fear that you served in the military. Because if God showed up to pour his spirit out first upon a soldier's household, it shows you that that's not an obstacle he can't overcome. He loves you. He'll meet you and your family and take care of them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise this morning? Bless the Lord. Simple word. You know what I'd like is everyone remain seated. And I know some of the soldiers that were here stayed for both services, so some of them are probably not. But if we have any remaining soldiers and their families, would you just stand right where you are?